Listen again for the word of the Lord from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 29 through 12, verse 2. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel gives us some jarring words to hear from our Lord, those words that Kate shared. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to earth? No. No, I tell you, but rather division. Now Jesus is known for his compassion, his forgiveness, his invitation to every single type of person on earth to become a part of his beloved community. So it seems a bit out of character to hear Jesus say that he came to bring fire to earth, to divide households. Here in the very middle of Luke's gospel, the sweet little Jesus boy is fed up with the hypocrisy that he has seen and he is fired up. 
It's true. Jesus came to earth to heal, to reconcile the whole of creation to God. But it is also true that faith in a God of merciful justice, of bold forgiveness, of radical hospitality, and true reconciliation, faith in a God like that is going to set us apart from the ways of a world that is characterized most often by its greed, its lust for violence, its fear and bitterness. The late Presbyterian pastor Eugene Peterson in his Bible interpretation puts Jesus' words this way, I've come to start a fire on this earth. Do you think I came to smooth things over and make everything nice? Not so. I've come to disrupt and to confront. Jesus brought the love of God to life on earth. Jesus brought freedom to all people. Jesus brought hope that uh, no one is outside the bounds of God's grace and that turning one's life around to follow Jesus is always a possibility. He offered forgiveness and wholeness, and at every turn, he was met with opposition from the powers that be. Jesus' ministry disrupted and confronted the systems in the world that worked in opposition to God, and they still do. It's jarring to hear Jesus speak this way, to, to hear him call his own followers hypocrites. But the fact of the matter is that faith in Jesus Christ makes concrete demands of us. This way of Jesus passes by the cross. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And at times, seeking first the kingdom of God leads us to disrupt, corrupt evil forces in this world. At times, seeking the God of righteousness means that we are not seeking our own comfort or our own protection or our own pleasure. At times, times like these in our nation where what is good and moral just and right is being called into question by the voices of corrupt power, trampled on by the vices of the greedy, seeking the righteousness of God, that will cause division. Many years after Jesus' death, the preacher of Hebrews is speaking about the consequences of faith to a church that is suffering because of their faith in Jesus. Early Christians were viciously persecuted. Gratuitous violence was the preferred tool of the empire to try and scare Christians into submission. Faith in Jesus is risky. The preacher appeals to stories of people who suffered on account of their faith. But when the stakes are so high, I mean, you heard that list. When the stakes are that high, is faith? Is it really worth it? Sawn in two? Jesus said, Blessed are the poor and the hungry, the mourning and the excluded, for theirs is the kingdom. In our own time, 
as then, there is a division in the world between those who have, the, have faith in the word that Jesus preached and those who are doing the hating and the excluding and the reviling. It is faith that enables us to see the righteousness of Jesus' words. And like our ancestors in faith, seek to make the world look a little bit more like the kingdom that God tells us will be for the poor and the hungry and the excluded. Like our ancestors in the faith, when we do this, we will find ourselves disrupting earthly kingdoms, or we might call them corporations, which flourish by the exploitation of the poor. Empires that keep people hungry until they can prove that they have a job. That are indifferent to the weeping and the mourning of a person shedding tears because they, they have had their child forcibly removed from them. I heard it said this week, somewhere in our world by some voice of the empire, maybe you heard it too, that those beautiful words on the Statue of Liberty written by Emma Lazarus in 1883 that say, give me your tired and your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Well, this person said that those words were actually just for white Europeans who can stand on their own two feet. I wonder what he'd say about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's hard to rework Jesus' actual words when he said, just as you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. But this is the fire that he's bringing, the division of which he speaks. Is it really worth having faith in a God that demands our compassion for so much suffering? Wouldn't it be so much easier just to seek our own comfort as a church located in a neighborhood where people face more and greater barriers to health and well-being than anywhere else in the region, we're right outside our door. We see the effects of poverty and drugs and human exploitation and gun violence. Wouldn't it be easier to worship in a sanctuary with a nice air conditioner? No chipping plaster? with the trappings of a mainline church still in its glory days. Yeah, but you've made a commitment, a commitment that demonstrates faith. Faith in a God. Faith in relationships. Faith in a God that is doing something in and through this church. And that faith, that faith is definitely worth it. The preacher of Hebrews reaches back into history of the faith to recount the power of our ancestors' faith. And that, that faith we share, faith itself is a gift from God. And through faith, we are able to accomplish the extraordinary. Just listen to what faith enabled some of our heroes and sheroes in the tradition to accomplish. They passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. They were kept safe. They brought down the walls of Jericho. They saved a sect's worker Rahab from harm, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped murder, became strong, won wars, protected their nation. 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg. As the preacher says, what more should I say? Time would fail me to go on about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. The Bible is full of remarkable stories of the power of faith and they demonstrate for us the promises of God are worthy of our faith. Even if the ways the promises come to life are far different than we may expect. Faith enables us to look at our current situation and trust that God's promises of transformation and reformation means that there are new possibilities in this life. Faith enables us to look even at our very selves and see what God sees, the possibility of transformation. God sees each and every one of you as worthy of a life filled with possibilities. And that is what God promises. That is grace. Don't give up. I think about this very church. Those who built this beautiful worship space almost 130 years ago in faith, I'm sure they imagine that it would continue to have a thousand members showing up for worship every week in their Sunday best. But could they have imagined what God saw? In addition to being a beautiful place to worship and learn the word of God, that right outside our door, right outside our door would be many of those that Jesus said the kingdom belongs to. And that in this church we would welcome not a thousand for worship, but 22,000 every year for healing and wholeness. By faith, this congregation trusted God's plan to transform this into a place of hospitality and authenticity. I'd say that what happens at Christ Lutheran is not what the founders imagined. As Hebrews says, they were commended for their faith. They should be commended for their faith, but they didn't receive what was promised. Why? Because God provided something better something better so that they, our ancestors in faith, would not apart from each and every one of us in the kingdom of God right outside this door, that they would not achieve salvation without all of us. Those who didn't grow up, grow up Lutheran, those who immigrated into this neighborhood, those who arrived here seeking health care, those seeking hope and prayers, that, that we don't get to be made perfect until we're all made perfect. As I think you know well, faith is no guarantee of comfort. For as many people as the preacher said achieved great things through faith, there were just as many whose faith didn't save them from death or suffering or captivity and mocking. People of faith have found themselves wandering deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. The life of faith is like that, at times wandering, at times flourishing, at times suffering, at times witnessing the miraculous. And God promises are always true. Every step of the way, we are not alone. 
We are following Jesus. He's the pioneer. He's the perfecter of our faith. And so we are also being cheered on by those who have gone before. We are surrounded, reminds the preacher, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have walked this journey, and they are telling us that we can do it. You can do it. So let us run. Run in faith. Run in pursuit of God's justice and righteousness. Run with perseverance. Run toward the promises. Promises of God. Amen.